0: Who done left the yard? When they come in, Sunday rep heart. Sin are no fun in their squad. There they go, they the sons of God. There they go, they're the ones who done left the yard. When they come in, Sunday rep hard. Sin are no fun in their squad. There they go, they're the sons of God. What up, what up, what up, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies, 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 and the gentlemen, this is Across the Intersection Podcast. This is AJ. I'm in here with the whole crew and then some. Got Eve and A Swish in the building. As always, you can ingest our podcast where they are disseminated. iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, um, Amazon Podcasts. We're now Amazon Podcasts, so go check us out on Amazon if you take your media in on that platform as well. And as always, you can check out everything we do at DiveMedia.co. That is DiveMedia.co. And we can be found at This Is Dive Media on all the socials. And I am at Divinimus, D-I-V-E-N-O-M-O-U-S.
1: Uh, and I can be located at E to the V uh-huh. to the on the Instagram and Twitter. Go ahead, Avery.
2: Yeah, you can catch me at AveryGoodIdea.com.
0: Sure. Not your not your only fans? Just a just a very good Not my only fans. Oh, we got out of here. Oh, my bad, my bad. Yeah. And we got a special guest with us tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Chaka's in the building. She's trying to hide off screen. Unfortunately, you know, Zoom don't let you hide, Chaka. Say what's up to the people.
2: What's up? Oh. Yeah.
0: So we still out here in, in these in these COVID streets y'all. So um as you know, we are still on the interwebs, which has been mm. treating us which has been treating us fine. Um shout out to Rode cuz I'm loving my Rodecaster Pro. This y'all, is amazing. It cuts yeah, down man, my oh, editing time. shuts down my editing time uh <laughs> tremendously tremendously. Man, we were just having some banter back and forth y'all just about uh, you know, continuing to reconcile. For those this is our first show post twenty twenty election and uh we you know this is not a political show. We wouldn't dare talk politics on this show. We wouldn't keep, dare, wouldn't yeah,
1: dare.
0: To 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 quote some of my more uh theologically sound brethren, I just preached the gospel. <laughs> you say election, what
2: election What election are you talking about? Are you talking about the election of uh Papa New
1: Guinea The election for dog catcher in the District Hall of Columbia? What which
0: now this is the 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 local uh board of elections you didn't know no i'm just kidding uh the 2020 i guess this there was more than one election there there was a presidential election there was some senators some uh congress people were on the ballot all the way down to if you want to gamble for education that's always on the ballot so um but now this this is our first show post-election and um you know, one of the things we were just talking about off air but before we got on was just the the need for for us to be willing to reconcile with one another. You know, now that the dust has settled or is settling, right, as cases are being thrown out of courts all over the country. Um, oh, cases of, of uh, voter fraud. For those of you, you know, cases of Cavassier uh, brother, come on, I'm over 21. What you talking about, player?
2: Do <laughs> <laughs> the do, brother. Do the do.
0: There it is. Um, you dating yourself with with that musical reference there I too, I him.
2: No, I know I am. But um, that's all right because Buster Rhymes had a new album come out, so it really don't matter now, does it?
0: Yeah. I don't. Anyway, uh, I don't know if I want to get into that new Buster Rhymes album. It was man. I, I I give it two thumbs man.
1: you said it was M E H? That's interesting. A lot yeah, of people said it's um it's tremendous. Yeah, I'm good. And Buster Rhyme supposedly hasn't submitted anything like this in 15 years.
0: Here's the yeah. problem. Uh-huh. This it's it's not it's not like a completely garbage album. It's not garbage, but the problem is in this current climate of hip hop. Average albums from fifteen years ago are now seen as like you. I mean, mm-hmm. because so much hip hop is trash now. Like Woo. you, you like Buster is a dope MC. Don't get me wrong, but you could put out like a eh, album in twenty twenty, and it's seen like you know otherworldly because it's so much garbage out here. So you know,
1: are you putting Black Thought in that category? Because you were really talking about his project. Would you say that's also considered so great? Because the, the
0: lane is so scant right now nah cause to be honest I think um, Streams of Thought 1 and 2 was better than this even though this is a longer project crazy's
2: on my side ok, the, okay. The, the, the
0: other 2 were were better the other 2 were were uh, the the content was better I mean as dope as he is I think his, his the, the song creation in the first 2 were a lot better this one was just a longer album. He had more content on there, but anyway. And that's an uh-huh.
1: interesting point, and I just wanted to make a, a brief ahead. remark about that because there is a difference between a lyricist and a dope MC and somebody who can spit and somebody who can actually create songs.
0: Yes, I would yeah. agree because there are some dope yeah. MCs, some we know personally, who can who are dope MCs but are terrible song creators. I mean, I'm just like yo. You need somebody to help you draft a song, man. I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, yeah. So you you think Black
0: Dog kind of falls into that? Uh, not all the way because he does have some. Like I said, Streams of Thought one and two had some very very good songs on it, as well as his dope lyricism. It's just I think Streams of Thought three. I think his goal was more so to have a complete album as opposed to you know yeah. getting get, hitting the mark like the first two. Mm-hmm. but uh anyway i think you know just to get back what we we're just talking about just in terms of for people who are believers in christ you know for those who profess faith in christ i think it's just a time to reconcile you know we're i don't want to get into the chicanery of the election i mean even as we speak there's a million maga march going on in dc um. but i think for for those of us who who profess faith in christ this is really a a season to, to be reconciled to one another, you know what I mean like as the dust is settling like reach out to your brother you know reach out to your sister who's across the aisle and say yo our our you know blood is thicker than politics right the blood of the 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 blood of Christ should be should be be thicker than my cultural ideology so you know let that be an encouragement to you let this be a a, a season of reconciliation. anyhow ain't nobody anyhow. here for that right ain't nobody here for reconciliation right they're like what reconciliation what man i'm here for war pow pow um we we, we want to keep the this particular conversation going um from the last episode we were talking about narratives and how a lot of what we have come to believe. You know, much of it, you know, we believe is based on truth and is based on all this historic data and all these different facts that they had, you know, the scientists and the archaeologists dug up and we realized, oh, this was just a narrative that was crafted by <laughs> by people with with uh, bad intentions. By and so,
1: social engineers, essentially. Social ooh, engineers.
0: Thank you. Even before there was a social media, there were social engineers. So, you know, and... We, we, we want to just continue to peel that onion a, a little bit here and kind of go a little further because a lot of us believe a lot of things. And even if you believe something very strongly, right, because that's that's something that people fall prey to. They think just because they believe something strongly that that will somehow make it true. Because I I you know I've believed this my whole life, and my parents told me this, and everybody in my community believes it and and, and thinks this way, and it's like, nah, that's not necessarily true, and as a matter of fact, someone crafted that with very bad intentions. Um, like I've seen like you know, when they have those little hidden camera things and, and they'll walk up and try to ask people questions, and if you if you ever want to get blown away. Watch when just go go to YouTube and search hidden camera abortion clinics or like abortion. And when they ask African Americans about abortion, particularly those who are pro-choice, and they ask them, do you understand the, the history of Planned parenthood and things like that? And um when they when when they hear it, it's almost like a do-do-do-do washes over their is like yeah you know the people who was pushing abortion wanted you exterminated did you know that and that is an example of people who believe so strongly of a well-crafted narrative when it was something that was crafted for bad intentions particularly their bad intentions Right. It would be a bad intention for you. And so we had talked about like things like the Affordable Healthcare Act and other things where people have crafted narrative and how we fall prey to it. So we we want to kind of continue on in that vein tonight. Um, and we're not gonna be too long because I think this again this, because this is a multi part, multi-layered thing, rather than, you know, letting your ears bleed out because we have a two hour show, we figure we just keep hitting you with these nuggets. So I got I actually have a relevant magazine article relevant magazine y'all can support us anytime we are open for your donations um holla at your boy this is dive media um but they there was an article from a january 2020 issue of relevant magazine and they they had the, the title of the article was seven unbiblical statements that christians still believe um and you know even when you prove people you know with the scripture and all of that stuff it's still just like yeah whatever by the way, th- that just shows you how strong culture is. So sometimes people think that the, the, the gospel supersedes culture. It's, blah, it's like, yo, people's culture is a very, very, very strong thing.
1: Well, the reason is because it becomes a lens through which they look at everything in life. And as has been said on this show before, even uh, the reason that people don't realize that they have a lens uh, ideologically, is the same reason that people don't realize they have a lens. Physically, it's right on your eye. Like this, and you can't even, you can't even, you do We don't. We're looking directly through it. We can't even ascertain that it's there. So the problem is that culture is the lens that even that people even look at scripture through, and people interpret scripture and and various phenomena through, and they really think that they're not looking through a lens. They they think they're looking. If anything, through the lens of truth, when it's your culture that shapes the way that you view everything, including the way that you interpret the scripture.
0: Now, that's, that's, that's facts even. And you actually had a very good point about abortion. So I want to circle back to that. It was something that you mentioned probably about 45, 50 years ago, how the the church struggled with coming to the consensus of what we think now. Oh, it's always been this way, right? We mm-hmm. we believe in Jesus. It we should always be anti-abortion, but well, there was a big debate. And let's go cool. we'll peel that back a little bit, Eva. Yeah,
1: that's that's the power of social engineering. So it's the direction basically that evangelical Christian Christianity has gone throughout the 20th century. Mm-hmm. So initially we're talking about people who Identified as Democrats when the Democrats were considered Dixiecrats, and the idea was states' rights and and personal liberties and the way that they basically couched what e- uh, effectually became segregation, putting everybody in their personal station based on race and socioeconomic status. It wasn't until the early 70s, right before mm. Roe v. Wade, mm. that a lot of people who consider themselves Christian were questioning whether abortion is something that we wanna have a pro stance or an anti stance. And then we looked at poverty stricken women and whether we want them to have that right or not and and what that would do with the population. So Christians weren't just looking through the lens of scripture. They were looking through the idea of eugenics and what type of society we want. It wasn't until the later seventies that Christians with Jerry Falwell created a religious right, created a a political structure um, that they couched on to Christianity that made it so that everybody thought, okay, now if you're Christian, you're Republican, you're conservative, you're anti-abortion, you're anti-gay rights. So Mm. the ideas that people have now are really only 40, 45 years old, because prior to that, right before Roe v. Wade, there was a lot of, debate within Christian circles, and it was about 50-50, um, whether people should have the right to to have abortions. And the main issue was a state's rights issue. So if you think that, that in terms of your ideology, that women should not have the right to end their pregnancies, that's one thing. But if you've been arguing state's rights, right, since the slavery times, then you have to push, you have to peel that back and say, no, we're going to let states make that decision, and therefore we're not going to allow Roe v. Wade to determine what everybody in the whole country does. So the problem with ideology and attaching ideology to religion is that you eventually get you get painted into a corner. And the corner that the people got painted to in the early 70s was, do you want to consider con- continue in the states' rights vein? So that you can determine discriminatory tactics and things like that on a state's level, or do you want to say no? Abortion is unequivocally wrong, and we're going to uh, we're going to make that legislation stick throughout the whole country. Mm. Um, so I don't want to get even. I don't want to get any more deep than that. But just know that when if, if we decide to attach our faith to a political stance, we're going to end up being backed into a corner eventually, where one mm. thing that we believe will run contrary to something else we believe.
0: Mm. that's a that's a really good point so i mean for those of you who want to go a little further just go look up i mean what people think about abortion and stuff like that those are fairly recent historically speaking those are fairly recent perspectives people think oh it's always been this way if you're a believer you should think like this and it's like no they're a very slick there are slick cats out here that that rock a jesus piece <laughs> you know wow. what i'm saying that uh in? that's like two shots okay some lemon. On. <laughs> so let's let's jump back into this uh this relevant magazine article. So here, so let's let's look at this. Now there, there's seven. I'm not gonna go through all seven, but there are a couple that I thought were pretty interesting, that are at least that I found interesting. One of the unbiblical statements that people believe that when you look at modern culture, you see are very well-crafted narratives. So This is uh, this statement. We are all God's children. Now that now, if you if you really press a believer, if if you press somebody who says that that they believe in Christ, they will finally come to the realization. All right, all right, yeah, yeah, I I get it. But we say things just to fit in and to not offend people. And when you just, I mean, all you gotta do is pull up a couple scriptures and you realize that's not in the Bible. So Mm -hmm. like, where are you getting that from? Like there's in Romans Mm eight, Paul says that the spirit of God bears witness with our spirits. He's talking specifically to people who profess faith in Christ. He says, the spirit of God talks to our spirits and testifies that we are the children of God. He didn't like, he didn't come down to everybody though god creates everybody everybody's not god's child as a matter of fact if you recall the messiah when talking to the pharisees says you are of your father the devil Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so you know that is a very well crafted narrative by modern culture to try to make everybody feel comfortable yes and the go ahead say what was that a
2: included so it's a non-divisive statement we're all
0: God's children yeah we make everybody feel like they belong right if everybody mm-hmm. feels like they belong then maybe we, we can all get along and mm-hmm. you know in, in this era of political correctness and even pr- you know prior to this era of political correctness making people feel uncomfortable is, is, is the unpopular that's the unpopular avenue to take and,
1: and, and AJ, they really don't believe that because if they did, if, if we were all God's, God's children, then treat us like we're all God's children. Not some people like they're God's children. Mm. If we say that stop killing black people, aren't they God's children? Shouldn't you care about them? Shouldn't you love them? Because they're all God's
0: children. Well, but you got to be hundred percent. You got to be a hundred percent man. You you only three fifths of a man, so we, we don't got to worry about you. <laughs> no, but that's that's right. I mean, a a lot of these things that we're jumping and shouting about has to deal with the fact of mm-hmm. if we're all God's children. And I've always been one, you know. And I try to push back. Let me know y'all thoughts on this. I like to push back on stuff like that because I'll say the culture at large. Say what y'all want to say. Believe what y'all want to believe. I don't care like I mean really go ahead because you you have no motivation I don't want to put biblical motivation on you when you don't even follow Christ when you don't even claim to follow Christ so for me to try to force biblical morals on you would be foolish so I said you know what do do whatever y'all want to do but but for the house of faith right for the house of God it's like there, there has to be something that signifies that we are different right and this would be an example of that. When everybody's saying go left, we should be saying go right, even if it's only a few of us saying go right. And that would be an example. Say, no, these people are made in the image of God. Like, that's why I hate those terms. You know, I'm talk about Solar Scriptura and all that stuff. Uh, but the reason I hate those terms is because when when you use terms like that, it, it takes off the practicality of it. So when, when people say, oh, because they're Imago Day, Okay, cool. Nobody walks around talking Latin, so you can stop with that, right,
1: right? It's a dead language.
0: It's a dead language, right, but we try to throw that out to sound super deep, you know, because they're the, you know, they're... okay, cool. Can you say that in 21st century English, American English for me? The issue is every human being is made in the image of the most high God, and you are choosing to not want to recognize that. Right. When you kind of place it out there like that, you have to make people come to grips with what they're doing. And when you kind of throw those kind of I don't want to call them arbitrary because they're not arbitrary and I don't want to feel like I'm coming at anybody. But when you kind of fantasize the, the, the terminology, people can kind of take it out of real life. Because mm-hmm. nobody walks around in their real life talking about Amago Day. We only try to use that stuff when we come into Christian circles and we throw stuff out like that. When you're talking yeah, well, in your regular life, you don't talk with language like that. Go ahead, eh?
2: Yeah, I mean, you're also dealing with like a thick, uh, just a, a, a thick um, layer of, uh, of, of, of syncretism, or just like adding things that don't necessarily have to do with the Bible. With the Bible for the sake of kind of like filling out your experience or legitimizing your experience, which is why so many people, they say like, oh, well, I have a calling on my life for God, which, I, which usually boils down to they want to preach or they want to serve. And a lot of times they immediately just go to like seminary, even though there is no seminary in the Bible, there's no precedent for anything remotely of the sort uh um that comes from that 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 comes from pagan roots stuff that has nothing to do with the bible um and uh that but that's what they do and then you'll hear a lot of times what people say to justify it is that well um because you care so much you should develop an academic understanding of what it is that you're claiming to believe in I just challenge that and I say, well, you can do all of that without going to seminary. Not that i have gone to seminary. So someone can say, well, how would you know? Oh, believe me, I know. Because a lot of the stuff that you hear these people say is not from the Bible. So um, I, I just wanted to, uh, uh, for whatever reason, AJ, you just kind of made me think about that.
0: No, I mean, <laughs> you took it a little far. I mean, seminary has pagan roots. Woo!
2: That, but yeah, yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, where's the term seminary or e- anything even of the of the sort in the in the scriptures?
0: <laughs> so, no, I'm just messing you with know, you.
2: That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all that you know, all that, all that. I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying, and there's definitely merit in yeah. understanding a lot of that stuff, as far as like Latin and all of that. And but yeah, it's a lot of stuff that you can learn. I mean, there's things in which that I'm reading that, that that I understand. A lot of people don't understand. They're like clueless on, and then you have a lot of people. If we talking about the whole black thing. They go to the seminaries and they get a culture shock, because what they don't realize they're doing just by even walking up in those places is that they're legitimizing this Euro, the Eurocentric world view. The uh-huh. And by the time you re- by the time you realize, a lot of times you're probably what hundred thousand dollars in debt, and it's too late. And, and
1: you're backed
2: thing, into a corner. Yeah, and you're backed into a corner. And next thing you know, you're 40 years old. You're denouncing the book that you made when you were 20, and then you're on Instagram with a rainbow flag.
1: Why are you talking? Wait, why are you talking? Why are you talking
2: Instagram. about Joshua Harris? That's you're on Instagram with a rainbow <laughs> flag. He
1: coming out
2: here. Josh can get it too. Pow pow. Yeah, you're on Instagram with a rainbow flag. You're on, you know, your <laughs> wife then divorced you. Well you divorced her, I don't know, but Bro. statistically she probably divorced you. And then now you're in Canada trying to tap dance to get a job because you know you gotta you gotta bow down to the rainbow ring, especially in Canada. So, you know, that's what seminary gets you. Anyway, I, I
0: probably went on an extreme. Yeah, I was there. gonna say we 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 done went off. Uh Canada. Canada, you can support us anytime. Canada, oh, you Canada. can Canada, you will you could support us anytime. But no, I I think that, that it is um the, the the one part I, I will say to to reference your point though, hey, I remember listening to Vince Bantu, um Dr. Vince Bantu give a, a talk one time and that yeah. the, the, the whole notion of even how our faith can become co-opted by that Eurocentric thinking is he said the term orthodoxy, right? Yeah. He said mm-hmm. when we say, Oh, I'm of Orthodox faith or orthodox belief, he said even that right. term orthodoxy is a Greek it's a Greco Roman term. Right, and so when you go to non-Greco-Roman peoples and say, hey, is your faith orthodoxy? They're like, what are you talking about? They don't, it doesn't even register.
2: Oh and- man, hey, you, oh, you know what? I feel like going on a, a little tangent here. Is it okay? i feel like it's relevant
0: is it a 20 minute tangent brother oh
1: are you are you going to talk about the coptics who who who, um predated these orthodox nah nah uh, this notion
2: of of, of european orthodoxy nah i I wasn't going to talk about that but what i was going to talk about is man so for whatever reason whatever reason i just like somehow i came across like uh some of these older christian rappers i came across pedity remember him
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah down in florida i remember okay yeah it. so this is a Woo!
0: serious tangent okay petty deal
2: yeah, I, I, for, and for whatever reason i was like you know what let me look up file life and i looked up file life and i saw so he's on twitter and whatnot and he's barking and he's talking about he's he file life is kind of like on the tip where it's like where we were probably maybe about 15 years ago where it was just kind of like calling out the inconsistencies in church and all of that other stuff. And I think that that's great. I think that that's where he
1: was 15 years ago as well. Say what? That's where he was 15 years ago as well.
2: Okay. Thank you for your interjection. The thing is, is that I feel the thing about Jafai life is that, so he's coming out with pages of life, chapter two, right? And I'm sitting here and I'm like, brother, it took you long enough (laughs) to finally, finally, finally pick up where you left off 20 years ago. Cause he went all around the mulberry bush, marching around uh, Egypt for, for 20 years, trying to be accepted. And, you know, he was 20, he was, he was, he was in 2000 where all these cats are trying to be right now, like, Oh, trying to be beyond the four walls of the church and, I'm not a Christian rapper. I'm a rapper that's Christian, you know, all of that stuff. Like he was walking in that. And then for whatever reason, I, I mean, I, I feel like he was not uh he was I feel like he's kind of grown just a little bit now. I think he's trying he's growing into his mantle a little bit more to be able to stand on his own specific beliefs as opposed to still trying to align himself with like this quote unquote mindless church. And he was like, he was, he, his, 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 you can tell he had a vision to break out beyond like the, the religiosity. But I think that back then the religiosity was so strong. You didn't have the internet. It wasn't mature. It wasn't to the point where, where, where things are so quote unquote diverse now to use that word, where you can kind of express nuances of beliefs and whatnot, and then have a following. But back then you couldn't really do that. You know, you get tore up on um ill spot.
0: <laughs> Illspot. Whoa, wait a minute. Whoa. Yeah.
2: Whoa! <laughs> or, 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 or Holy Culture Radio, whatever, whatever the, the little bulletin boards were back then, you know. But I just find it interesting how now it's almost as if he's playing a little bit of catch up. And it's cool to see, but it's also like like I see him and I look onto it and I'm like I'm just like even looking at his image of himself and he looks more confident than I've ever seen him because he always had a look of like he has something on his mind but he he just didn't have the ability to say something and now he kind of looks like he 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 just looks more confident in whatever specific thing that he's trying to say, you know. Um, but I see he's still taking he's still Shooting photos with some folks from back in the day, and I hope that they can truly communicate what his vision is. And if not, he needs to just be like, "Hey, we cool, we friends." But you know, you need to bump that loyalty, and you need to go and be with talent that can communicate what's on your mind truly. And um, so, anyway, that's that was my tangent.
0: All right, and this this tangent was brought to you by. No, so. <laughs> no, that's cool. But let's 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 keep it pushing because there's there's one more um that at least from this relevant article that I wanted to hit come at before on, we wrap. Go, so to to wrap that 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 first part about all of us being God's children and you know we're all God's children, God loves everybody, and that's true. God does love everybody, but we're not all his children. Galatians three, Paul writes, If we are in Christ, if you are in Christ then you are abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise and so again i think the emphasis on being in christ understanding that you have to be hidden in christ to to be uh locked in and it's something else that i've, I've had to push back on another recent narrative that everything blackity black is great and it's like mm, nah everything blackity black is not great Right, come on, just, come on with the
2: hate, come on with the self hate. Hey, got,
0: I got, I, you know that we are equal opportunity employer here about the piss offery. So I don't, oh, I don't.
2: Employing people now, how much you paying?
0: I'm, I'm paying them double what, what you getting? So you know.
2: Uh, I got you.
0: But this, this, this whole notion, and I've seen a lot of, and we talked a little bit about this, you know, about a year and a half ago. We, we didn't go too deep. Remember, we kind of veered into it and then left it alone about how a lot of people were leaving or, um organized christianity and going to become witches and things like that going to more um traditional quote-unquote traditional african beliefs right because everything that comes from africa must be great it's from africa right and it's like well and but again that is a narrative that's being crafted in our midst like we're actually watching it become crafted in our midst and it's like even though
1: a narrative this is a thing whenever we criticize the hoteps and the people who have gone Mm -hmm. to the other extreme concerning Afrocentrism, we have to understand the context that these people are speaking from. It doesn't mean that there's no personal responsibility, but nobody came out in a vacuum and said, okay, now I decided to believe that everything African is right. There's a context. You have 401 years of being taught the opposite. So sooner or later, the Mm -hmm. pendulum is gonna swing the other way. And it's important that people understand that this is the context. If you don't want folks To go to the other direction and say, you know, we as melanated people, you know, we're superior, then don't spend four centuries (laughs) downplaying and undermining their humanity.
0: I'm going to have to push back on that a little bit, Eva, because it's still an I believe it's still a narrative that's being crafted because I can be more conscious of things that originate in the continent of Africa without completely renouncing Christ, because based on historic Christianity, Christianity is actually older than many of the so-called quote unquote African spiritual religions. It's been on the continent for over 2000 years. And if you want to go back into the Judeo roots of Christianity, it's been on the continent for longer than 2000 years, which many African, quote unquote, traditional African religions cannot claim. And so that's what I mean by. Ashe and
1: yeah, I mean, even though the, Afri- the the Coptic Christianity, and all of the things you're referring to are from a different con- side of the continent than right. where our ancestors came from, you um, you I did. think that needs to be said. Um, we still, my point wasn't to justify. Anything that you know the, that the people who are Yoruba priest, priestesses or right. ocean you know, uh, right. worshipers and all that. I'm not. This is not mm-hmm. a justification of anything. It's right. just lemonade. that nobody mm-hmm. yeah, comes like out lemonade, of the vacuum yeah, and everything. decides to be and decides to to go to 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 the other extreme and say everything Eurocentric is is evil and everything African is good. It's just that I think there should at least be an acknowledgement that this comes from a context. And the context is systemic, generational um, um, oppression over a long period of time.
2: Let them know, Eva. I thought you was gonna say gender but no, you clean that up. Generational, got it. (laughs) Let them know
0: but every you know every even, everything has a context and so for the for the quote unquote white evangelical who will say my father believed this and my father's father believed this and I'm not a racist but everybody in my family for the last 12 generations believed this and so we have to if we're going to use that line of thinking which is fine we have to apply it across the board and so if if we're coming at the one side and saying hey this particular cultural ideology that you have believed and has been believed for many generations is a well-crafted narrative with malintent. Okay, check. Mm. Then we flip on this side and say, "Okay, hey, I was oppressed by many generations and so we're crafting this other narrative." I'm going to apply that same set of rules and say, "Hey, I understand that you're oppressed. Hey, I, I'm oppressed. You know, Jamaica wouldn't even be a thing if it wasn't for the transatlantic slave trade. So there, it wouldn't even exist in its current context. I understand mm. that. But my point is the same lens or the carib or the Arawak, whichever one.
2: The Arawak, there you right?
0: um, But that the the same prism that I'm going to judge the one, I'm going to judge the other one by because that's the prism that we've decided to judge it on. And I'm going to say, okay, you want to say, hey, I've been oppressed, I've been robbed of my culture, et cetera, et cetera, right? And so I want to ascribe to some other things. Hey, cool. I'm I'm with you, 100% on. But this this point that we brought up about we're all God's children, et cetera, et cetera, that's what I'm kind of honing in on. And if I'm someone who professes faith in Christ, how is, how is that— I think this is where the the, the the narrative part comes in because what you're doing is I am equating it with Eurocentric ideology. And that's what like you can cast off the Eurocentric ideology. I'm 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 all for it. Cast mm. it off, right? But we're equating my faith in Christ with that Eurocentric ideology. And that's the narrative that's that I'm I see being crafted. I mean, I put my kids in an Afrocentric homeschool co-op and I'm mm. talking to people and you're listening, you're like, yo, do you understand the how ancient your Christian faith is like, you don't, you think it just showed up no, in, in in 1400s with European you know, uh, yeah. slave traders. I mean, yeah. people believe that but, like, yeah. and that's the narrative. That's what I'm saying. That part is the narrative. And as African Americans, that's the part I want us to be aware of that that narrative is being crafted literally in our midst. It's being crafted in, in 21st century United States you know as you see people continuing i don't know why, why my hands all doing this thing here let me pull it down um it's kind of weird <laughs> um i just can feel I like mean, it's, it's being crafted in our that, midst
2: if you're learning at that in the seminary well more power to you, you, you but to, to to not so i want to acknowledge that if P, if people are learning that but i'll also again re-emphasize that you can learn that outside of going to seminary and paying hundreds of thousands of dollars but anyway Well, tens of thousands. It's
1: just, it's really, it's really important. Again, it's... it's, Chaka, I'm
2: sorry. If you went to seminary, I'm not, I don't mean to like, you know. No. She didn't
1: didn't go to the (laughs) cemetery or the graveyard. But yeah, so the deal is, is that um, when it comes to West Africa, which is where our ancestors, the majority of our ancestors... They were the
2: the struggle sound effects. I'm sorry. Christianity
1: did was introduced in the 1400s by the Portuguese it just was okay so yes as a continent we know that Christianity is much older than that point Christianity as well as 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 the people who believed in Torah came south before they even even considered going to Europe we understand all of that But the reason that people have this narrative, first of all.
2: You're talking about Hebrews, right? Hebrews. Yes. Judah. The reason that Uh that people
1: have this narrative is because, again, our lineage is to the western part of the continent. The continent is very large. Even though there are a lot of uh, migration patterns that are east to west, there really was no substantial uh, Christian presence in western Africa prior to the Portuguese. So it is what it is. But my point is, is not to say that, um, don't blame, it's not about blame, it's about the fact that there, again, is a context for everything. And honestly, AJ, mm. I, don't think, I don't think that the people who are Afrocentric or who are leaning on uh, uh, African political, uh, uh, spiritual beliefs and all of that are deliberately saying, oh, we're going to craft a narrative. I'm just saying it right. comes from a particular space, Right. that's all. And right. I don't think that we should disacknowledge that. And my I friend. don't think it's the same as a person saying my mother, grandmother, great grandmother was racist, therefore I'm racist.
2: Which is what AJ thinks, right?
1: Is it that you would like to say though, AJ? Because I mean uh, Avery, because <laughs> because you're giving the nod, but you know I want I, I, I want to hear something from you. Come no, on. No, I'm,
2: I'm I'm just listening to y'all fight it out, duke it out. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm just being I, I'm just being Jerry Lawler right now in the WWE. I'm being Jim Ross. I'm just I'm commentating. Just listening and hearing. You know,
1: going you you all going back and forth. But Ooh. back to back to so you uh, AJ you, you mentioned the first sort of narrative that that wasn't that that's not true that we that we're trying to uh, come against and talk talk about, which is the idea that we're all God's children. What was the second one again?
0: So here's another one. Um, God will not put on you more than you can handle and sometimes people believe that you know and it it, it's a it's another it's another reason people give for you know even when people say i'm no longer believing in anything right i'm agnostic or i'm i'm atheist and they'll say okay well this one group of people all of these things happen to them nothing happens to this other group God can not be real, and I say that that's that's such a first world way of thinking about things. Because if if I am, and by the way, if, if you're listening to this podcast and you have a phone, right, and you have a computer, and you're able to stream a podcast, you're probably living in the first world. All right.
2: Woo. Asian with the broad state statements. Okay. I'm,
0: I'm I'm just coming out. I'm I'm coming out with all types of generalizations.
2: Because Africans don't have cell phones.
0: Got it. Why you automatically assume Africans are living in third world, brother? What you doing? I mean, what you doing with the broad brush? So Put that's really
2: dra- what you told me before we got on the radio. Now you're just playing around, acting like you didn't say that. But okay. Terrestrial. Got-
0: using those terrestrial terms. Okay, radio. Brother, this is 21st century, man. This is a podcast, you know, you know brother. I mean. You know what I mean. <laughs> you know. Anyhow, I think that, you know, if... The the Bible calls us to die, that God is literally in encouraging us to die, both figuratively and in some cases literally. Pretty much. And so that that goes like literally in opposition to, to this notion that oh, you know, God would not put more on you than 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 you can bear. And I think that that's just, uh, again, it's a narrative like this, this narrative of happiness, that my life is supposed to be filled with happiness and I'm supposed to be overly abundant with happiness. And I'm like, yo, life is not for your happiness.
2: That's not I don't I hear what you're saying, but um, I don't think that that's what that statement means per se, because you can also look at the scripture uh, where it talks about like, well, God now the temps God does not tempt the man. But with every whatever or situation he'll provide a way out or a way of escape uh and uh i i and then you can also even look at the scripture where it says that god did tempt uh uh abraham mm-hmm. as far as like the, with the slang of isaac mm-hmm. so um i think when people say that like well the father doesn't put more on you than what you can bear is pointing to um the uh, the 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 tempering or the the pressure that we're being put in or that he's or that he's putting you in in order to make you more into his image or to bring about like his uh, his purposes and that you can and that you can survive it in some way, shape or form, whatever that survivorship, however that survivorship manifests itself. It's, you know, who knows? But um, I think when people say that, uh, they do say it with that intention. But I get what you're, well, I hear some of what you're saying, but uh, I, I thought you were going to go in the direction of, well, uh, there 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 are many of us who put ourselves in situations where we end up being in situations where we can't bear, uh, bear the situation, and it destroys us. And so that's where I thought you were going. But it sounds like you were going, in the direction of, well, no, like that's speaking to, he can't put more, he doesn't put more on us than we can bear speaking to like us wanting to like constantly be happy and 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 have, a, have an easy life and whatnot. I don't necessarily think that that's the case, but come on, come on, t- tell me where I'm wrong.
0: <laughs> Explain what you mean when you say we get into certain situations and it destroys us. What do you mean by that?
2: Well, we can uh, do things like whatever. I mean, the, the, um, the what it, Ephesians 4 29, where it says, Um, uh, broad is the way and wide is the path that leads to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat, but straight is the gate, and now is the path that leadeth unto righteousness, and few there be that find it. So, um, we can do all kinds of different things. I mean, just according to the scriptures, it's just like, um, just I mean, just to be in our flesh or to be carnal or to be in sin or, or make bad decisions, whatever that is, to operate upon impulse to a point where that we make missteps, um, that's what I mean. And then we can then go and do, um, we we can perform, we perform terrible acts that mess around and just, like I said, destroy us, whatever that means, whether it's financially, whether it's, physically um and and will we uh make make decisions that are wanton and they mess us up all the way to us catching the L so like and putting us in in, in the grave and so like well I mean for example like a, a lot of these folks getting shot up a lot of these rappers getting shot up just using those as examples not to say that you know um like that girl, Sa uh, 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 Sectoria, I think her name was. I can't remember exactly, but the eight-year-old that was shot and killed at that Atlanta Black Lives uh, Black Lives Matter rally, when they were uh, marching for for that dude that got shot in the back because he grabbed the uh, the taser from the cops in the McDonald's drive-through, or whatever. Not drive-through, but the parking lot, Wendy's or whatever it was a little girl got shot, like the next day or whatever, little girl. So I'm not necessarily saying like, oh, well, that was deserved. Um, but I think that maybe that situation goes until your point of like, think about mother, you know, you turn around and say, well, you know, God doesn't put more on you than you can bear. I mean, it is true to that. But um, I, I think that that can be that can be a tough and insensitive statement to say in situations like that. And that probably would go in line with what you were about to talk about, AJ, when you're saying like, life is not always going to be like, happy. But go ahead, go ahead.
0: Well, I, I just mean, think- a question? or well, no. Yeah, no, it, 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 it does. And I believe that, and you know, it's just my belief. I, I believe that that verse that you mentioned, the, the, that the wide path leading to destruction, Come on. I, I wouldn't necessarily attribute that to the Lord himself, um, okay. That part, I believe, is people destroying themselves, you know, the, the wide path going to destruction. But in terms of God personally, quote unquote, trying to destroy us, I would just say that the, the things in, in which God allows to happen to us and, and all of us have all three of us and four, including Chaka, have probably had very um, difficult things that we've had to endure and i think that with discernment comes the understanding that that thing wasn't to destroy us but it was actually to get us to a place of um, more of a being more of a reflection of the capital s son you know what i'm saying i mean i think that you know joseph in genesis 50 says to his family that hey the things that you meant for evil he was acknowledging their evil acts toward him Correct. Um, god was able to utilize them for my good and so that's why i would say that this statement is a narrative that's been crafted by the culture to to make you think that any difficulty in your life, any extreme difficulty, it can't not it it can't be God. God that that can't be God ordained. And I would just kind of push back and say I think that most of the extreme difficulty for a child of God is God ordained, um, and hmm. it, and and it's to get us to a place. Um, now that. You're right. That's not something you want to hear in the moment in the moment. That would be extremely, you know, insensitive to say. But I think that once you're out of the moment and you are a little bit more sober minded, I think being able to have that explained to you or being able to articulate that to to people, I think, is extremely helpful because it would give them perspective of the trial of the tribulation. Um, of of that extreme difficult you know si- situation.
2: Hmm.
0: Okay. Even Chaka got got better things to do. They like, man. When is this over, man? When is this over? We got we got appointments tonight. We put them to sleep. I know. We loving them to sleep. I sh- I should start dissing Africa some more. That that'll rile her back up.
2: Well, you know they don't
0: care. They're not gonna her. <laughs> oh man.
2: Actually called Negrita, right? Negritia, Negritia, Negridia. It's like the earlier term for what we refer to as Africa. Negrita. I see. Negrita and Negritia. So yes, I'm
1: not African in the sense that the word Afric Africa came from Leo Africanus, who you know was basically a self racist. Yes. Come on. So um, yeah, I'm not African in that sense, but no, I. I I'm very happy to to tell you guys that I'm 80%. 80. You, did, did, you, did you hear? 80% of African ancestry. And I'm extremely happy about that. Okay. All right, cool. She's
0: been trying to commit suicide with other 20%. I've been trying to kill the other 20%. <laughs> 20% is
1: r- irrelevant.
2: <laughs> that, that, that 20% is a crow cool magnum man.
1: <laughs> the, the Neanderthalus man
2: okay forehead oh. look like a backboard okay we got Somo you
1: more erectus neanderthalus
2: all right we got you all
0: right y'all so we have completely derailed this conversation we are it off is.
2: we are. but you the way you learn anything from trump you got to learn you got to speak to the people in a fourth grade reading level you talking to people like they're uh, in a in a in a, a PhD master's program, talking about crow Magnum uh, PI and all of that, people not trying to hear all of that. You understand? Yeah, yeah. Boil it down to the essentials. What are you trying to say? Break it down so that the man or women, because you know we got to be inclusive, can understand what it is that you're talking about. Like on the corner, you from New York? You should know what I'm talking about.
1: So, AJ, is there a third? Uh, narrative that we that, that you wanted to
0: point out we are in we the bushes have, now we have we are we're deep off deep the road down. we are down into the ditches we are we are off into the bushes here well, i mean there's there's fight. seven and we could continue we could continue to go on i mean i was just using that as a launch pad for us but right the the point is i mean i oh. wanted to bring to people's attention that a lot of what we are claiming to stand on is true and it's Bible and it's God and it's this and it's that when you peel back those layers, it is well-crafted narrative. And, you know, we had looked up the definition of that last show and it was, uh, a, a story, a fictional story crafted right to align with a certain point of view. Um, and I think that what it boils down to is that people in power have a certain point of view. No matter what era you're looking at, whether it's 2020 in the American Empire, uh, Roman Empire, Phoenician Empire, you know, British Empire, whatever empire, they all had a particular point of view. And I think every single empire crafts stories to align with their particular point of view.
1: Yeah, it's called propaganda. And, and, you know, I think that what uh, what we're saying here for the listener is that it's for us as well as for anybody Uh, who is a fan of this podcast, Uh, we need as human beings, if we're really interested in our personal growth and development, to make ourselves familiar with critical thought. And critical thought just takes certain ideas into consideration. One thing is that we live in empire. We live in a ideological context. And the people who are in charge of that empire have a propagandized Narrative that they need for the people to believe, so that their aims can be accomplished. Nobody lives in a vacuum in the Sahara Desert, or Kalahari Desert, or out in you know in in Southwest North America, you know, w- without um, access to this or being impacted by this this propaganda. So it's it's at least important for people to not be naive and assume that what they're being taught mm-hmm. is is authentic christianity or authentic spiritual idea no it it comes from uh, not only an ideology but a motive on the part of those in power so yeah i think that what you're saying makes a lot of sense with that and i think it's important again make ourselves familiar with critical thought see if there's a demarcation between what the scripture says what what we know about god in our own lives and in our own walks and the political in the political, the politicization of that, that mindset and of that ideology. If we can kind of parse between that and and see the difference between what we consider to be truth and what has been politicized, then I think we we're going in a, in a, in a really productive direction.
0: So, yeah, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Seriously. Next time. No. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not trying I'm not trying to show, throw shade. I'm not trying to throw shade, man. I think we, th- This, this is, is
1: what I I just want to say this. This is what I think might be happening because we live in a, in the information age and honestly, this is over this can be overwhelming, right? Uh-huh. Uh, just just having to think through stuff. I think that for most of human history, people have felt safe just receiving what those in power have, have taught their Leaders and those what those leaders have taught them, and in being lockstep with what our leadership has said is true, right? Um, and so it's just easier to do that than to think through the messages that we've been given. That's correct. And so one one thing that that we that that will be a good start is to remember in high school social studies everything was divided into social, political, and economic, right? As an educator, I can I can say that. If you're interested in not just being a recipient and a regurgitator of what people in power are trying to lead you to believe, because that's what's happening when you're receiving messages, what you can say is, let me examine everything that I'm being taught through those three lenses. And when you do that, then you can say, okay, what am I being told and what might be the motives of those who are telling these things to me? And, and then go from there in terms of determining what I and my family should believe and the way that we should act from here. Mm. Uh, but but I do, I'm do i saying all this to say, I acknowledge that a lot of it's frustrating. It's, it's, it's frustrating to live in a society where we're getting messages from every direction and then we're being told, you need to be a critical thinker and you need to wade through all of this. That's a little bit frustrating because you have bills to pay. <laughs> you have things to do with your life. You have children to raise. But mm-hmm. if you want to become familiar with truth and live according to reality rather than the way that you are being socially engineered to respond, then we just have to be, we have to take it to the next level um, in terms of the way that we interpret what we're being told.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that that's a, a, a really good, um, really good explanation, even not really, really good explanation. I, there's a, it's in the book of Acts, I believe it's around chapter 15. It's, um. When Paul and uh, Barnabas are in Derby and Lystra and they are preaching to Gentiles and they're converting Gentiles and then some um, Jewish brothers come down there and start telling cats, "Yo, you need to be circumcised. You need to follow the law of Moses and so on and so forth. And they get into it with Paul and Barnabas because Paul and Barnabas like, no, they don't. They're Gentiles. What are you doing? And the debate, the scripture says that the, the debate gets so heated that Paul and Barnabas decided to go and see Peter and the brothers in Jerusalem to kind of get some more insight. Um, now, if you go back and you, you read, you'll see that after they go and they meet, you realize they say that having Gentiles follow the law of Moses puts undue pressure and unnecessary expectation on people, cultural expectation on people, right? Mm-hmm. Extra, extra biblical activity. And I've, I find that powerful that the Bible would literally state in one part of the Bible that doing something from another part of the Bible would be, <laughs> would be unnecessary and an undue requirement for people who are claiming faith in that same God. Hmm. And that's the level of discernment, that is the level of examination that we have to be willing to enter into I think in order to sift through a lot of what we're talking about here when you're talking about narrative, because even some narrative that could have good intentions is still a narrative. It's still not truth. Right? The the best intention narrative is still nothing but a narrative, a well crafted story. Interpretation. Yeah.
1: Interpretation, yeah.
0: It's still something that's crafted to align with a certain point of view, right? Um, And so that's, I think that's a a better way to explain what I was talking about earlier with the narrative that's being crafted in our midst. It could be a well-intentioned narrative, but it's still a narrative nonetheless, right? So, you know, for for those of you out there listening, we really want to encourage you, don't just jump into things wholesale, you know? We're talking about, you know, this MAGA rally going on in D.C. right now, and it's like people who are believing something wholesale, you know? Be willing to not just research because research in of itself is limited because research re- relies on this finite mind. You know, I would encourage you to pray. Seek God, you know, begin to do what Paul and Barnabas did. Go and, you know, have things challenged by more mature people. You know, Paul, listen, Paul and Barnabas were church planners, right? They were apostles, And they still said, you know what, we are not mature enough to sift out this ourselves. Let's go to some guys who are a little bit more mature than us. And they chose to do that. So that would also be my encouragement to you. If you feel like there's something that you're wrestling with in terms of your belief, go seek out those who are more mature than yourself and and, and have that thing challenged. And hopefully God will lead you to the ultimate source, which is himself. But you'll be able to to be able to, to get through those murky waters, get through those murky places. All right. Mm. Anyway, so we could continue this convo for the next six hours while Eve tells me why I'm so wrong about Afrocentrism. But um y'all know how we do, whether we're talking about well-crafted narratives or just talking about cultural ideologies, y'all know we're gonna keep God in the mix. So for Eve and Avery and Chaka next time don't talk so much (laughs) This is AJ Saying peace Peace y'all